Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're so glad you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a new series entitled The Voice. In a noisy world, how do believers train themselves to tune out all the secondary voices and listen to God? In this series, we'll be learning how to listen and apply the voice of God in our daily lives. Now here's Dr. Benji Kelly with this week's podcast. How are we doing today, church? We're doing good? I got to say, before I even get into anything, we have some of the most amazing worship pastors on the planet. I'm talking about Pastors Dustin Chapel and Emily in Columbia. I'm talking about Bryce in North Raleigh. I'm talking about Bradford, a.k.a. known around here as Jesus in Sanford. He just looks a lot like Jesus, I'm just saying. Uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm talking about Brian Wall in Garner. I'm talking about Pastors Rowan and Fuller here at the Central Campus. I think I just got them all. Now I want you to explode and let them know how much we appreciate them. Unbelievable the stuff they do, the teams they lead, the staff, and all of that kind of stuff. Hey, so I got a question. Got a question. How many of you have seen the show The Voice? How many of you? Yeah, it's a great show. I'm hooked on it, right? I love it. I'm so hooked on it, and I don't record many things on my DVR, but I record this show on my DVR. And the reason I love this show so much, the reason I love this this reality show is because it is reality show at its best. Because, come on, let's just admit it. In this culture, we are visual. In this culture... Even in the most popular singing contest shows, I don't care what the judges say, they pay a lot of attention, whether they know it or not, because some of it is subterranean. They pay a lot of attention, and so do you and so do I, with how people look. They, they, they pay so much attention with how people look. And if you haven't seen the show, the beauty of this show is that it's all about them not being able to see the contestants singing so they can't see their demeanor they can't see their facial expressions and in a visual culture that is so important in other words they judge them sight unseen so the contestants are back here and they're singing the judges can't see them It's a blind audition until one judge or two judges or three judges decide they want that contestant. And they turn around and it lights up and it says, oh, yeah, you need to give it up for the technicians. Come on now. I I could tell you were wanting to. And it flashes I want you. And when the contestants see those three words, church, that means that a judge is picking them sight unseen to be on his or her team. And the quality of the voice, not the visual, not the looks, not how cool a person looked or lacked thereof, not how big they were or small they were, strictly 
on their voice. The judge is saying, I want you. I want you. Now, here's what happens sometimes, and it kills me. It's, it's just downright depressing, man. Somebody is up there singing, and they're singing their heart out. And nobody turns around. It's just, it's just, it's downright depressing. I don't know of any other way to put it. And the message is clear. Nobody wants you. You're not good enough. And here's the connection that I want to make in this series. Most of us at all of our campuses today, and I did say most of us, listen, we go through our lives like these contestants go through their blind auditions waiting for someone to hit a button and say, I want you. Auditioning our hearts out for acceptance and approval. And come on, we, we manufacture, we furnish these chairs, if you will, in our lives. And in these chairs, we put judges. And our judges decide our level of security or insecurity. And we let these judges speak into our lives. Come on, church, is this not what social media is all about? You know it as well as I do. And I know we can't pull ourselves out of it completely, or at least I haven't been able to. But it's not this what social media is all about. What we can say, what we can do, what we can post, what we can tweet to increase our pokes. What the heck is a poke? You people who poke on Facebook need Jesus. I'm just saying. Don't go poking me on Facebook. To increase our pokes, increase our likes, increase our friends, and increase our followers. You don't know the Twitter world. It's all about how many followers you can get. What would it look like for us to start hearing from the one voice, the voice of truth, whereby our greatest desire is not how many followers I can get, but how many followers I can allow God to use me so that Jesus gets. How about it? Come on now. Social media. Is this not what this is about? And this show reminds us all that we have this tendency to put up a panel of judges and even though they may vary from person to person many of us are desperately trying to escape a self-afflicted prison of insecurity listening to all these other voices and come on this is a noisy world how many of you just sometimes you just wish, you just wish all the noise would go away this is just it's a noisy noisy World, And the reason I'm doing this series is because I want to help us all learn to tune out all the voices that tend to dominate our security or our insecurity and listen to the one true voice. Come on, church. Maybe you have your parents in the judge's chair. Maybe you have somebody you work with in the judge's chair. Maybe you have someone that you once used to date. Hello. In the judge's chair. Maybe you have placed religion in the judge's chair. But maybe what you need to do today, maybe what I'm praying for you, and I'm praying it for myself, is that in this series we will learn to drown out all of those voices and learn to listen to the one true voice.
So what do you think? You think I'm on to something here? Yeah, yeah, with this, with this self-obsessed, narcissistic culture in which you and I have to live. Do you think I'm on to something? Tim Wolf put it like this in A Man in Full. Watch what he said. He says, what is it that you're looking for in this endless quest? Tranquility? You think if only you can acquire enough worldly goods, enough recognition, enough eminence, you will be free. There will be nothing more to worry about. And instead, you become a bigger and bigger slave to how you think others are judging you. And a person truly starts to find life when she or he shifts from a life of bondage in trying to people please, hello, to a life of freedom dialed into the frequency of God's voice in your life. Can I get an amen? Welcome, welcome to the voice at all of our campuses. Welcome. Open up your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, in fact. Do you remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah was a what? I love you, church. You're the best church in the world. If y'all didn't hear that on the campuses, but I'm sure y'all said it too, because the amazing thing about multi-site is we find that the things that happen here happen there because we're all the same. But I said, do you remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah was a what? And they yelled out a bullfrog. No, no church. Three dog night got it wrong. Okay. They got it wrong. Hey, Pastor Fuller, why don't we do that song next week? Heck, I, if, he, if he took me, I could say do it today and he'd have text out to all the worship pastors and they'd be ready to do it by the end of the service. But I'm not, I'm not serious. We don't, we don't want to do that. No, he wasn't a bullfrog, people. He was a prophet. He was known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah, the prophet, was in good with a kind of resilience that people need to have in life. People who are facing unusual resistance. And during a time of political upheaval, he was called by God, hear me out, to preach a searing message of repentance to the nation of Israel. And whenever a man or a woman is called to preach a prophetic word, criticism comes. And whenever criticism comes, you better make sure you are listening to the one true voice of God or criticism will eat your lunch. Jeremiah, we learn something very powerful from this amazing prophet. But here's what made all the difference in the world for Jeremiah. Jeremiah's life and calling was shaped, come on church, by the voice of God. It was shaped by the voice of God. It was the one thing that enabled Jeremiah to live out his calling. And the fact that he learned to listen to that voice of God, it made all the difference in his life. It made all the difference in enabling him to live out God's calling upon his life. It made all the difference to enable him to live in the midst of criticism. It made all the difference to help him live in a very, very difficult and dire situation. And it will do the same for you. The voice 
of God. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I... I what, church? When? Before what? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, let's continue. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Friends, this is the kind of voice that we have to learn to listen to. This is the voice of the only true judge that really matters in this world. The God of the universe formed you. Formed you. Knew you. Set you apart. Knew you in your mother's womb. Not just in your mother's womb, but get a, get a glimpse of God's sovereignty. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. What am I saying? I'm saying this to somebody here today. It doesn't matter if your mother didn't want you. God wanted you. It doesn't matter if your daddy didn't want you and you never knew him. God wanted you. It doesn't matter if your parents wanted you. God wanted you. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting here today and most of the time you don't even want yourself to live. God wanted and God wants you. Not only did he form you in your mother's womb. Verse 5 says, come on church. He has set you apart. He, he, he's, he's lifted you. He's, he's put a hedge of protection around you. And he has set you apart. Come on, church. I'm preaching to somebody up in there today. Somebody is going to be set free by the power of God's voice in your life. You do not have to listen. To the judges in your world that you and I have a tendency to manufacture. You have to learn to listen to the one voice of God. God formed me. In my mother's womb. Knew me. Formed me. Set me apart. If you struggle with insecurity, if you struggle with your identity, learn to listen to the voice of God. And, and, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. I just got to say this. I thought about this as we pastors. This is a great message for pastors. You know why? Because pastors can be some of the most insecure people on the planet. Yeah, I said it. And if you're a communicator, any of you communicators, out here, you, you, you know this. Like, even as I'm up here communicating, I'm looking for signs of approval. <laughs> Which is, I love it when you shout and say amen and clap. Just keeping it real. I love it. All right? I, I love it. Some of you African-American people just need to get freed up up in here. <laughs> and do what you're used to doing. Some of you white people need to loosen up a little bit. Some of you black people, if you get too carried away, we'll tell you, you need to calm it down a little bit. Because the Bible talks about order. Hello. But why can't we meet in the middle and get it going on up in here? 
But pastors, see, on my good days, on my good days, I don't give a flying flip what you think. On my good days, I'm up here preaching before an audience of one. And I, it's all about me. And I picture Jesus out there. And he doesn't look like Bradford Mitchell from Sanford. I just give him a hard, give him a hard time on that. But I, I picture Jesus and I'm preaching before an audience of one on my good days. On my bad days, I'm slipping out of that green room, slipping into my office and checking Twitter to see how this message is landing with people. Just keeping it real. And I know that's not all bad. A communicator, the communicators out there going, yeah, but you've got to connect with your audience. I know. So, so some of that's good. Some of that's redemptive. But it is a slippery slope to starting to listen to the wrong voices in the house of God. God told Jeremiah that he knew him and he had hand picked him for this task. And God wants to tell you that I knew you, I formed you, I have set you apart and I have hand picked you for the calling that is upon your life. And you will never step into that greatness until you learn to drown out all the other voices and lock in to the voice of God. New Hope, I just came by today to let you know God is saying to you, I want you. And don't get lost in the crowd. Don't say, yeah, he's talking. No, no, I'm talking to you. God wants you. And it doesn't matter what the environment was that you grew up in. It doesn't matter what a mama did or a daddy did or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or a friend or a neighbor. It doesn't matter. Those who learn to listen to the voice of God, they take the hardships of life and they transfer the pain to Christ and they become victors. And those who don't learn to listen to his voice, they become victims. It is the difference between a life of victory and a life of being a victim. I am telling you, somebody is going to be set free up in the movement today. Somebody is going to have their identity secured today. Somebody is going to walk out of here today free and no longer living for the approval of man. But for the approval of almighty God. In other words, as one pastor has recently put it, listen, the audition has been canceled. Repeat it with me. The audition has been canceled. Now you need to say it with greater gusto. Because some of you are living your life as if you're living out an audition. Trying to impress all the judges that you have manufactured. The panels that you've put up in your life. So won't you say it a little bit stronger? The audition audition has been canceled. canceled. Again, the audition audition has been canceled. God's voice has issued an announcement from his throne room in heaven. And the message is clear, beloved. You don't have to listen to any voice in your life other than the voice of truth. You don't have to impress anybody in your life other than impressing God. And when you listen to his voice and when you learn to impress God, everything else will take care of itself because God has set you apart and has a purpose in your life. That's why I'm so excited about this series, because in this series, we are going to be empowered out of an awareness of divine acceptance. 
God is speaking to us. You aren't loved. You want to write this down. You want to tweet something. Here's a tweet. You aren't loved because you're valuable. You're valuable because God loves you. Hello. You aren't loved because you're valuable. You're valuable, beloved. Because God loves you. May I break it down a little more for you? It means that you already have the part. You might not be a prophet to the nations, but hey, then again, you might. But I find that most people just live out their callings faithfully as dads, moms, workers, contributors to society. The nature of your calling no longer indicates, hello, the level of God's acceptance or approval in your life. Just this past week, we had vision night here at the church, vision night. It's an incredible night. And we, I, I, I talked about vision in, in light of the Joshua and Caleb story. Do you remember it? One of my favorite Old Testament stories, I named my two youngest boys, Joshua and Caleb. And they are a pair. Let me take a little side note here. Last night I was with Joshua and Caleb. This thing, I'm about to fight this thing right up in here today. Um, Joshua and Caleb, we were at a hockey game last night. This is why this message is so important. I'm taking a little detour, but it's going to work for you. We, we, I'm not a big hockey fan. And uh, I had uh, New Hoper give us hockey tickets last night. And it wasn't just hockey tickets. I mean, these were the Mac Daddy seats up in the energy arena with a PNC, PSC, PNP, whatever it is. Yeah, same thing. Um, we're, so we're like on the glass. Like we're, we're on the glass. And yeah, yeah, okay. So that's how close I am. And 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 they're checking. And they're, they're, they're I think I got another one. Maybe another one's a little bit closer. Maybe I think. Yeah. Bam! Right up on our stuff. And like, know in a moment last night, I, I got carried away and I forgot my kids were around me because these guys started fighting right in front of me. And I said, hit him, hit him, hit him. I know, I know. Some of you are looking at me, oh God, my pastor, help him. I'm such a sinner. I'm such a sinner. Because I don't know the sport of hockey. I don't. But all I know is this freaking awesome when they drop the gloves. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know some of you are going to leave the church because you think I'm violent. I'm really not. I'm really not. I used to be, and now I'm not a violent person. And I've learned to turn the other cheek most of the time. But I, I came up out of my seat and I was going, him, him, him. And I looked down beside me. And my little eight-year-old and my little ten-year-old were going. And then beside them was Amy Lynn going. And I, and I, this, this, this makes me even more of a sinner. I didn't know what to say. So I said the first thing that came to my mind, I said, well, everybody else in here agrees with me. Because everybody was yelling, man. I mean, it was about to be on. You know what I'm saying? Pray for your pastor. Seriously. Pray for your pastor. My sweat rag fell off on the floor earlier. Pray for your pastor. My dignified sweat rag. Y'all remember my dignified sweat rag from my brothers and sisters in the house. As I watched hockey last night, I realized the reason I'm not a hockey fan, the reason I don't like hockey is because I don't understand it. 
And the reason some of you don't like life very much and the reason you struggle with this whole topic and the reason you sometimes have bad thoughts and the reason some of you have kind of tried religion, not true Christianity, and you've kind of found it wanting a little bit is because you've never learned to drown out all the other voices in the world and listen to the voice of God who speaks truth, who speaks favor, who speaks blessing, who speaks identity, who speaks security in your life. And once you start to learn to understand that God is saying to you, I want you. I love you. I have called you by name. I have set you apart. When you start to lock in and get on the frequency of God's voice, beloved, it changes everything. And the Joshua and Caleb connection that I talked about on Wednesday night didn't have anything to do with this series. I was talking about vision. But if you remember the story, this is why I named my boys Joshua and Caleb. There were two groups of people that went out. Ten folks who went out and they came back as cowards and critics. And two folks that went out and they came back as victors. There was a majority report and there was a minority report. And the majority report saw the giants as big and God as small. Hello. And the minority report, Joshua and Caleb saw the giants as small and God as big. And that makes all the difference when you start to understand. This is what happens when you start to lock in to God's voice instead of the plethora of voices that stream for your attention every single day. Day after day, month after month, year after year. And the reason why Joshua and Caleb had smiles on their faces was because they had the deed for the land up in their pocket. Come on, church. Let me say it again. The reason Joshua and Caleb had a smile on their face is because they had the deed in their pocket. Because God had told them in Numbers 13.2. Why don't you read it out loud with me? Numbers 13.2. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man. Everyone. A leader among them. Now go back to the previous slide. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Which I am What? Say it again, which I'm what? God had already let them know. I'm giving you this land. The deed is in your pocket. The difference that I'm talking about between the minority report, beloved, and the majority report is that those in the majority report, they fight for victory. And those in the minority report learn to fight from victory. That makes all the difference in the world. What would it look like for you to go out of here tomorrow and start fighting the battles that you have to fight every single day and I have to fight every day? What would it look like for us to start fighting Not for victory, but from victory. 
And the only way you and I are ever going to fight from victory is to learn to listen to his voice and live out the declarations and the promises of God in our lives. That's what this series is going to do. And it has the power and the potential to change your life, change my life and the staff's life. I've been amazed at how many of the staff have said they're so excited about this series. Don't think because we stand up on this stage, we got it all figured out. We've looked at Jeremiah. We've looked at Joshua and Caleb. Can we look at one more? Can we look at Jesus? How do I keep dropping this sweat rag today? Can we look at Jesus? Go to the gospel of Matthew. Go to the gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 3. The great passage of scripture where Jesus gets baptized. Matthew 3. This is going to just blow your mind. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. If you're ready to read about Jesus, let me hear an amen. amen. Look at what he says here. Verse 16. The word of the Lord. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Verse 17. Read this with me. Verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. This is my son whom I what? With him I am well. Let me ask you a question. Can we all agree that Jesus had infinite power and potential? Serious question. Yes. Can we all agree that he personally embodied the most important calling and mission in human history. Can we agree with that? Yet notice when he received his father's approval. When? This is Matthew 3. This is at the beginning of his ministry. Did you hear me? Jesus received the father's approval at the beginning of of his ministry, before he even started his life-saving mission, before the first syllable of Jesus's first sermon ever came out of his mouth, he received the approval of his father. Before he ever laid a single hand on a person and healed them, he received the approval from his father. Before Jesus ever casted out a single demon... He received his father's approval. Just like last week, before he ever lifted up the loaf of bread and a chalice of wine and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Before he did any of that, his father approved him before he ever journeyed the Via Della Rosa and hung on a cross for you and for me. His father approved him. And before he ever rose from the dead, his father approved him. My point is it all happened before. So cancel the audition, beloved. You're already approved. 
You're already loved, young person. You're already called. You're already set apart. He knows you by name. You have gotten the part. And when Jesus came out of the waters of baptism, the Father said basically, You are my beloved. You are my baptized. It's a great opportunity. I would be so remiss if I didn't just remind you that we got a baptism coming up. I know it's a long way off, but you're busy people. Mark your calendar. May 4th at 6.30. May 4th. We're not just going swimming when we have baptisms around here, church. When a man or a woman comes out of the waters of baptism and that same voice thunders from heaven and says, You are my baptized. You are my beloved. It makes all the difference in the world. Listen to me, church. I confirm God's calling on my life when I learn to affirm my identity in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you? And here's the reality. You can know that, but if we don't learn to listen to God's voice on a regular basis, the other voices will come in and steal your joy. The other voices will come in and steal your identity. And if you are not careful, if I am not careful, we can start listening to the voices of this world instead of God's voice. And we can lose our calling. We can lose our security. We can lose our identity. Which is why it's, it's so important that you and I are reading the Word daily. It's, it's why it's so important that we bring the Bible to church and we study the Bible. I saw somebody walk in earlier and then they, they, were, they were packing a Bible. They weren't packing heat, they were packing a Bible. I loved it. They walked in and they had the Bible tucked in their bag. heard of somebody committing suicide i think it was yesterday not in our church connected to our church and you know what i thought i don't know the whole story i don't and there could be things i don't even know about but i am telling you what helps a man or a woman resist the voice of the enemy what helps a man or a woman resist the, the deepness of depression. What helps a man or a woman live into the joy and the abundant life, John 10, 10, that God wants to bring you is when a man and a woman and a child and a student learns to listen on a regular basis to the voice of God and not just the voice, but the identity and the victory that is already yours in Christ. Guys, this is huge. This is huge, which is, I mean, I would be, again, I'd be so remiss if I didn't say things like this. We have these in the rotunda. They're free. Here is a six-month Bible reading plan. Are you in the Word daily? Every other day. Heck, for most people in here, if we just sat and read the Word three times a week, it would revolutionize our life. It's a Bible reading plan. Best thing we ever started doing a few, few months ago, man. I love this thing. It's the daily devotion. 
We sell these in the resource center. There, we sell them like it cost. There's a letter here from me. And then there's a daily devotion every single day grounded in Scripture, which is the voice of God. It makes all the difference in the world. Can I tell you about an exercise that will change your life? And I'm done. An exercise that will change your life. But you've got to know the word to do this. Is when life starts beating you up, when challenge get, challenges get hard, when you just get down and, good Lord, we all do, me included, right? Learn to fill in this statement. God says, I am blank. You learn the word and you go to school on some identity statements of what the Bible says about you. Not about the person sitting beside you. About you. You learn and memorize those scriptures. You start to develop, listen to me, key couple words, a biblical worldview. And you learn to practice this exercise when you feel this or you feel that or the enemy comes at you over this or the boss comes at you over this or the wife comes at you over this. Hello. Or the husband comes at you over this. You learn to say, God says I am. Sometimes you might just need to say that to somebody in the face. I'm mainly talking about just learning to say it to yourself. But somebody's always beating you up verbally, physically. If it's physically, you need to let somebody know. Somebody's always doing this or always doing There's a time, I believe there's a time for a believer to look somebody in the face and says, I don't care what you say, God says I am redeemed. I don't care what you say, God says I'm a masterpiece. Come on, God says, God says I am alive with Christ. Hello. God says I am free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 2. Am I talking to somebody? God says I am free from the law of sin and death. God says I am born of God. 1 John 5, 18. And the evil one, hello, does not touch me. God says I have the mind of Christ. God says I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God says, listen to this, I have the greater one living in me for greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says I am a new creation. God says, I am an ambassador for Christ. I am forgiven of all my sins and washed in the blood of the lamb. God says, I am firmly rooted, built up and established in my faith and overflowing with gratitude. Colossians 2, 7. God says, I am baptized and beloved. And God says, it is not I who live. Hello, but Christ who lives in me. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, God. I don't know about everybody else in the church today. But I do know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, Father, that if you had not spoken into my life, if you had not reshaped my identity, my purpose, my security by the voice of God. 
I know today, Almighty God, I would be dead or incarcerated or wounded for the rest of my life. Set us free today, God. Set us free. Help us learn to develop the discipline. To listen to the voice of God. God, we set apart this entire series. We know you're going to do great work. Father, pour out your spirit. God, unleash your identity for us. God, awaken us to your voice. May we as a community of faith learn to get on the frequency of your voice. And may you change us. God, may your spirit demolish and destroy any panel of judges we placed in our lives. For those voices, God, that we are giving way too much credence to. Tear them down, God. Tear them down and build us from the inside out to listen to your voice and your voice alone. Thank you for your love. It never runs dry. It just overflows. God, we need you to awaken us. So we give you our lives right here. Right now. God wants you. God wants you. He wants you to listen to his voice. And I feel a strong impression of the Holy Spirit right now just to give you an opportunity to say, God, thank you for wanting me. I give you my life. Thank you for wanting me. I give you my ears. Why is it, God, that you created us in such a way that we can shut our mouths? But it's a little harder to shut our ears. May our ears learn to listen to your voice. Without prolonging it, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask all of our campuses, if you're here today and you're tired of listening to the other voices, you're tired of giving too much credence and credibility and attention to the other voices, And you have heard that God wants you and God wants you to hear his voice. Just lift your hand right where you are right now. Just lift it up. Just just don't be shy. Just lift it up. Raise them up high. All of our campuses, raise them up. It's about somebody needing to see you. It doesn't matter. It's between you and God. Just lift your hands. We have them lifted all over this place today. God, I lift my hands. Awaken me. Pour your identity and love in my life. Forgive us, God, for paying too much attention to the voices that don't really matter. We stretch our arms to you, God. We give you our ears. We give you our minds. We give you our hearts. We lock in to the frequency, the divine frequency of your voice. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for swinging your heavenly chair around and declaring, I want you. 
Thank you for not only swinging your chair in our direction. Thank you for sending Jesus. Who came down the very stairway of heaven to save us and shape us by your voice. Forgive us, God. As a church today, we declare that we will start listening to your voice. Applying your voice. Hearing your voice. Awaken our souls. Awaken our identity. Awaken our security. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. The faith-filled people of God all over the New Hope Movement declared together saying, Amen and Amen and Amen. If you receive it and celebrate, that's right. Praise the name of the Lord. Campuses, your worship leaders will lead you from here. We love you guys. God bless.
some of you so many of you are sitting here and you something resonated with you today we live in a noisy world church and I believe the enemy of all the things he's using he's using the plethora of voices that are all over the place to derail the men and women of God from living into who they really are in Christ it's an identity issue. So I, I just wonder, and the lights are down, so nobody's going to see you, and some of you aren't going to do this, and that's fine, but I just want to invite you to just hold your hands like this. And I'm going to ask you, Pastor Fuller, and the team, to just lead us in that, that intimate part there at the end, whatever that is. Chorus, bridge, whatever. Huh? Whatever it is. Let's go. Just just hold you and sing this with, with, with Pastor Fuller. And here's the thing I'm here's the thing I'm hoping you'll do. I'm hoping it will become in this moment an authentic heart cry where you're asking God to awaken your soul. Where you're asking God to awaken your identity and you leave from this place more committed than ever before to listen to the word of God over all the voices and the judges that we construct and you're committing before almighty God that you are going to do everything you can do to put yourself in a position to hear God's word Monday through Saturday and Sunday God Awaken me. Awaken my soul. Come on, Pastor. For you and you alone. Sing it out, church. Awaken my soul. Awaken my soul and sing. Sing it to your God who declares over you. For the world you love, your will be. Your will be done in me. Hear those words. Go back to
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.